y'all gonna sue the fish folk. Welcome back to Keenan and Kel with Adam and Aaron. I'm Aaron. I'm Adam. <laughs> I'm Aaron. Yeah, that's, those are the two I should know, right? <laughs> oh, that's a good start. Good start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, today we're covering the second episode of Keenan and Kel, season one, uh, which is uh, The Tainting of the Screw. I was pleasantly surprised to see that this was episode two of the show. You know of this one. This might be right? this might be the best episode. <laughs> it's it's really good for as early in the show as it is. They you know they did not want to save any ideas. They took their best idea and they put it right out there. Yeah, they, they're sitting on like like sixty other not ideas that are, aren't as good as this one. <laughs> this one's the best. Mm. Yeah, uh, so I, I also had a good time, and uh, I think we should get into talking about the episode. But first, you have a, another Dan Carlin style intro for us. Thank you, thank you for the stage. As civilized human beings, we tend to have a short memory of our species. We think that because everybody today lives in a house with electricity and plumbing, then that's how people have always lived. Of course, we know that that's not true, but it's how we see the world, through our own rose-colored glasses. While the glasses of human history are indeed tinted rose, that stain comes from blood rather than flower petals. In fact, us homo sapiens have spent far more time living in huts and warring with our neighbors than being, quote, civilized, unquote. For thousands of years up until today, our society has been governed by a global contract, what we call the law. A society is strong if the law is enforced. Brutal as it may be, law enforcement has always been effective. Before wireless bank accounts and nuclear weapons, the ones who made and enforced the laws were the strongest in the tribe. The mighty. If you had a problem with these warlords, you best keep your mouth shut. Disobedience meant immediate execution. All the time. Our legal system has come a long way since the days of rape and pillage. English common law had a lot to do with that. Today, the law is enforced not by giant men, but by an agreed-upon written contract. In America the Constitution. While our system is complicated, lawyers smooching off settlements, judges and juries equally liable for corruption, the system is effective. The most effective system of judgment the world has ever known. But I want you to consider for a moment a new society, one where other parties didn't have to represent you with legal jargon and formal garments, but you got to represent yourself. You defended your own rights. You spoke for yourself. You told the truth and were not penalized for colloquial language. The society would truly be ruled by the people, destroying every bourgeoisie in its path. Well, on a rainy day in Chicago in 1996, humanity got to witness this self-representative ideal in action. A young and courageous boy taking on a mammoth food distributor. He defended his own rights. He spoke for himself. He spoke the truth. It was clunky, but it was real. It was a glimpse at what is possible for our future as a free 
society of the people and by the people oh here it goes <laughs> uh, very good <laughs> yeah maybe too, so, too dramatic for this <laughs> yeah it sets the tone for this uh uh gripping legal drama we're about to encounter it's the uh it's the original law and order this episode <laughs> yeah of course uh so uh, getting right into that, we set the stage with uh, Keenan once again looking for <laughs> for Kel. <laughs> Kel nowhere to be seen. Hey, where's Kel? I don't see Kel. <laughs> That's what yeah, some of the audience said <laughs> verbatim. <laughs> she said she yelled and pointed. Hey, where's Kel? I don't see Kel. Yeah. And yes, uh, Kel uh, appears shortly after, dressed as a fisherman. <laughs> Uh, ready uh, with a bucket with a giant <laughs> tuna in it. What's funny is that Kel's fishing outfit looks almost like Keenan's normal outfit, except just <laughs> <laughs> different materials. <laughs> he is that baggy. I uh, <laughs> equally baggy, equally but equally buttoned. You know, it always looks like he's like you know uh, wearing like a, a, a hockey player's uniform, yeah. <laughs> but like without all the pads and. No, maybe he might have the pads underneath. Like you don't know. That's true. <laughs> uh, so, yes, uh, Keenan pulls a giant tuna out of his bucket. Do you think that was a real tuna or some big prop? You know, I was asking myself that question. It kind <laughs> of looked like a real tuna, but it was probably fake. It was probably a really good fake tuna. It's a good fake prop for yeah. this show. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it looked it looked like it moved realistically. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they would have, have used a real... They might run into, you know, animal animal rights activists. Although this is 1996, so I guess they weren't as <laughs> prominent. <laughs> no, uh, but, yep. Uh, so they uh, very... Uh, that gives Keenan an idea, which leaves Kel to uh, ignite, ignite the show. It is, <laughs> oh, here it goes. Well, I like, I like what Keenan says right before Kel says that. Mm-hmm. You, me, tuna... <laughs> It's a good summary for the episode, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's funny is is Keenan. You know, he's like, "Oh, we're about to get in this situation." <laughs> you know, I don't know how it ends, but I know that we're about to get in this situation somehow. Keenan always seems to. It's it's a weird like um, half in aware of what's going on, half not aware. Yeah. Uh, when they step in front of that stage. Because uh, at the episode ends with like the consequences still. Yeah, it's still st- Keenan from his that lives in Chicago, but yep. he's also delivering a show. I do like how um, you know they didn't quite get to like the global scale, but they definitely like ramped up. You know, the last episode where Keenan's just trying to get a car. Now it's like okay, Keenan's trying to like stick it to the man. <laughs> quite, yeah, it's quite a big step up, but I'm glad they didn't go global yet. <laughs> no, uh, we'll. I, I it'll get there. I'm sure. Uh, so, all right. Uh, scene open. First scene is uh, in the Rockmore's kitchen. Did you notice uh, the changes to the uh, Rock the Rockmore household set? Um, I I did. They moved the kitchen table, didn't they? Yes. Uh, it's now in the kitchen. Uh, but the entire dividing wall between the uh, <laughs> the family room and the kitchen is absent this episode. It's just gone. <laughs> absolutely yeah. demolished so what i think happened is that the since the last episode the uh the rockmores did some renovating <laughs> and, and they decided to move their table 
<laughs> into the kitchen and got rid of the entire wall uh, in between. So it looks nice. It does. <laughs> Mid construction, having a nice breakfast until Kel shows up. And uh... <laughs> this is this might be the best entrance of any character to any. So Kel walks in and um... walks is a is a very casual way of saying true, it. True, true, true. Um, Kel barges in, but right before that. Uh, Mrs. Rockmore gives Mr. Rockmore a hot cup of coffee, and she says, "Like, oh, watch out! It's really hot, or something." It's steaming. It's steaming. It is. <laughs> so naturally, he's like, "Oh, okay, I got it." And 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 so he takes a sip, and as soon as he takes a sip, Kel walks in, coffee everywhere. Mm-hmm. Be careful! This coffee is steaming hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Morning, oh, Yep, uh, Kel uh, makes a huge scene, goes for his muffin, which uh, Mr. Rockmore immediately devours entirely. <laughs> that was so irrational. <laughs> he, didn't, he could have just moved it away from Kel. Yeah, and he insists on having his mouth full for the next like 30 seconds of conversation. As uh, Keenan uh, comes down, again, a very, very large pajama outfit. <laughs> Baggy is in style. They share a, a loud conversation, and Mr. Rockmore goes to change his outfit. Keenan and Kale play uh, a basketball game in celebration of the game that's they're about to watch. <laughs> the Chicago uh, t- Bulls. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kale dunks a tomato onto <laughs> Mr. Rockmore's new shirt, which that's like it was like a thirty-second like costume change for him. Yeah, it, I mean, and the whole the whole thing escalated pretty quickly. Like Kale went, they went from just tossing it around to like actually, you know, slamming it in people's in people's areas and people's zones. Uh, and so, yep, uh, Keenan's parents leave, uh, but not with before his mother tells him that um, for lunch there's a can of tuna ready for him which is very funny because the same scene starts with breakfast and ends with like (laughs) within three minutes it's uh yep did keenan just sleep in all day and his parents also waited for like brunch time yeah it's that's what it seems like for sure um i do want to bring up one thing one one other thing that happened um so it's right i mean they ask where their parents are going. Keenan asks where his parents are going. Oh and, yeah, right. And 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 they say they're going to see Aunt Bertha, right? Yep. Aunt Bertha. Second occurrence of Aunt Bertha. Yes, yes. Uh, a character that I don't know if we ever meet, but anyways, right now we have not met her, and so they're going to see Aunt Bertha, and and then Mr. Rockmore says, "She's all puffy." Yep. Uh, and if last time that we met her, she, they were getting her pistachio nuts. That's right. So my theory is that she had an allergic reaction to the pistachios. Quite possible. Which, um, is, which is weird because they specifically wanted to get her those. But I guess she was allergic. Yep, exactly. What What's funny about what he said, like she's all puffy, that like... That might have been the funniest line in this first scene, but there was no laughs. So what must have happened was that he must have said it like a few times and kept messing up. Yeah, and I also <laughs> noticed that if you pay attention, uh, Mr. Rockmore says Kel's name wrong. What he, does like, he calls say? him he, he calls him Cal, <laughs> like a very Keenan and Cal. <laughs> yeah, I'll put the clip in, but he's clearly still learning his uh. Uh, his role the name of <laughs> his, his son's best friend 
Hey, Mrs. Lockmore. Morning, Mr. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, you got coffee all down your shirt. Gee, well, thanks for informing me, Cal. <laughs> so, Keenan and Cal have a celebratory... Uh, to like the tune of some island music. Yeah, um, like make, yeah, some like, a like nice tuna meal. Yeah, some Caribbean like Latina music. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Cal uh, goes to ch- turn on the game. Uh, Keenan, uh, I'm sorry, Keenan goes to turn on the game, and Cal brings him his sandwich, which he immediately uh, starts choking on. Yep, first bite. First bite. Uh, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, this is one of my favorite lines from Cal here when they're talking about, it, and he says. Um, are you hungry? Because <laughs> Keenan's hand. and Keenan pauses in his choking to give him a look, which is real good. Then he continues choking. Keenan's choking here is, um, you know, it's really it's really good acting because because the role isn't for him to actually like look like he's choking. The role is for him to fake like like you know the it, it's very clear. That these are just two kids trying to make a funny TV show, right? These are this is a funny TV show, and so it doesn't sure. have to be that serious, like uh, choking, you know, like somebody's actually. So Keenan plays plays that up, and he is. Uh, it, it is. I wish I wish the listeners could watch it because it's it's pretty great. <laughs> uh, uh, I we I guess it's a good time to say we highly recommend watching this episode. <laughs> <laughs> if you can find it on Amazon. Uh, nowhere else unless you bought a DVD like uh, 12 years ago <laughs> from a, a shady online seller we're bringing it back to life we're bringing it back to life yeah hopefully uh, this show can get the attention of Nickelodeon and they can make a deal with uh, uh, Netflix or something or Nickelodeon can sponsor us <laughs> also, sure, also yeah. an option we are welcome to negotiations anyways mm-hmm. uh, Kel performs the Heimlich Maneuver and uh, th- then they get into a real. They inspect uh, what came out of Keenan, and they find a screw in the lump of tuna, which prompts a really cool transition from them saying a screw, a screw, to Chris uh, cuts slam cut to Rigby's saying a screw, examining with a uh, magnifying glass. <laughs> the the uh, transitions be- between scenes are uh, they're definitely better than the first episode, but but and uh, later episodes they have a real. For some reason, they have a real cartoony vibe to them. They always have, like, clip art show up on screen and <laughs> a bunch of weird stuff like that. But in this episode, no, it's really, really artfully done. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. We'll, we'll mention the other transitions when it happens. Sure. Uh, uh, Chris uh, kind of, uh, after reprimanding Kel for drinking orange soda off the shelf. Of course. Uh, I counted. Uh, at this end, at, yeah. Cal drinks two two liters this episode yep. from Chris's shop and one on his own. <laughs> so that's three. Yeah, so add three to the total volume count, which is which is a lot for like a couple days, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, could it have been the same bottle? Yes, but we always have to assume that it's a brand new bottle. <laughs> there, yes. And that he finished his, each one of them eventually. Yep, yep, we have to. Uh, unless stated otherwise. Uh, so Keenan uh, has been doing some research and found out about a lady who sued because she found half a piece half a frog in her fried chicken yep for for ten thousand dollars which kel is like oh you know what we gotta do find the other half that frog (laughs) (laughs) again again the ten thousand number comes up um the same same digits that were in the you know same number desired number that was in the first episode Mm -hmm. so you know the fixation on ten thousand (laughs) dollars It's a, 
I don't want to bog down every time we say number with saying what it is nowadays, but it's still a lot nowadays. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's probably a hundred thousand dollars or something to that tune. Oh, now I, I don't know about that. That's uh, no, I, I, yeah, it's, that's quite it's the that inflation. Zero. Yep. Uh, uh, so I did the number for the ten million dollars earlier. Oh, okay. <laughs> so take we'll, off we'll three get zeros. We'll get there. Sixteen thousand and a half dollars is yeah, approximately okay. what it is. So wow. Yeah, it's good it's money. a um, it's a good settlement. Uh, but Chris recommends that they talk to his lawyer cousin <laughs> uh, and Kel first. Uh, which I, I'm going to pay attention to this. He references that he has another cousin in the circus. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Which, uh, not exactly funny, but I kind of want to see if he has any circus skills that come into play later in the series. Yeah, I would, uh, yeah, that's a good thing to look out for, for sure. So, right before we transition to the next scene, um, Keenan says, we are going to sue the fish folk and get rich. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the whole, <laughs> which is pretty good. That's, uh, that, that's the, the, the thesis of the episode, for sure absolutely uh so yes then transition time <laughs> everyone says so and then the lawyer bam slams down but, so but the lawyer is the, the transition here is the lawyer like the silhouette of the lawyer slides in from from the right side <laughs> of the screen to the left and then it's it's brilliant it's like and it changes the scene as he moves it's brilliant it's cool uh but then yeah they get right down to business um he believes that Ke that keenan uh keenan's case is worth uh five to ten million dollars <laughs> uh, which uh i like how, i was like how throughout the episode that five million is just thrown out <laughs> keenan just goes right for the right for the top shelf the uh the the most money you could possibly get if everything goes right is ten million dollars so what does keenan fixate on of course, yeah. of course. The amount of money that starts him drooling into a cup, <laughs> and then he he throws that cup like onto himself. <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah, he dumps the water. Like dumps the water on himself. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. that's what we all do when we're uh, blown away by some information. We cover ourselves with our own saliva. Yep. Chris's lawyer cousin wants forty percent, though, but that's uh that's way too much. For Keenan's liking, Keenan would end up with six million dollars, but that's not—that's not enough. That's not that ten million that we talked about. So he makes the probably poor legal decision of representing himself. Why did you say probably? <laughs> he does. Uh, the decision is, um, well, I assume that as a what fifteen-year-old has established last episode, he's gotta there's certainly some just legal fees that you, that are incurred right so i didn't really oh, oh look this up ab absolutely yeah in the state of illinois but there's some gathering the jury and the the judge and stuff like that it's not a oh yeah um i uh i've been watching a lot of better call saul <laughs> so okay. so that's a whole that's all about lawyers and all about um you know the law and the ju judicial system basically n there's always like these like if somebody gets sued or somebody sued by somebody else there's always these hearings and and these like um you know all of these things that lawyers go through to try to settle settle it so they don't have to go to trial because trial is always really really expensive and if you know if you sue somebody it's like a 
it could be it could be years long of, of this whole process <laughs> but but no this happens like like the next week or whatever within a week within, I'd say. within a week absolutely um so, but but anyways for the sake of the show right they go right to they want to go right to trial <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, jump right in to represent themselves don't they don't even know um oh we'll get there all right so we next we go to keenan's bedroom same set as last time uh and keenan goes again to his magic computer and types in a letter to all news media <laughs> for a pre- press conference he's having imagine a device <laughs> <laughs> yep uh uh so yeah uh they uh, and then he and Kel have separate fantasies about uh, what they would do with all this money. Uh, Keenan imagines himself uh, in his living room, just full of all kinds of arcade machines and and cars. He's just given thousands of dollars out to to people <laughs> that he sees there. That deserves one thousand dollars. <laughs> And there, there's a car sitting in the living room. There's a motorcycle that his parents are on. It's uh, which questions how he got those into his house and why he just wants to have them there. Quite the vision, Keenan. So yeah, uh, and uh, funny enough, he tips Chris, uh, who is his waiter, one dollar. <laughs> Not a thousand, uh, one. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, he slowly between that uh, all the. St- not counting the value of all the stuff in his car, but he immediately goes through, including his $1.2 million speaker system, uh, $1,303,000 in $1. Yeah, in like a two-minute window of, his, of this vision that he had. So, <laughs> no savings, so $10 million no retirement lasted plan. like a day, right? Yep, nothing, nothing. It's just absolutely spending all of it at once. Um, because every, I, I mean, could you imagine a, first off the stereo system that was $1.2 million. It was, all it was, was like one speaker built into the wall. It was like, it was giant. It was the size of a door. But that was really good for 96. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Nowadays that would be worth like, I don't know. $800. Yeah. Something like that. Um, Uh, and, uh, do you, uh, want to tell everyone about uh, what Kel's dream is? Kel's dream. It, Kel is sitting at a table, and in front of him on the table is a pile of ham. And hanging around him are <laughs> are just giant pieces of ham. And there are ha- there's ham everywhere. And this is Kel's... Like a, there's a hammy fog around him. Yep, ham. It's just... The... There's, like, barrels of ham, and he's just sitting there like, ham, ham. So clearly at this phase, they, they knew that Kel liked orange soda because he's always shown drinking it but it's not established that he loves it yet more than like life itself yep Yep. so they're still doing that kind of lull random thing where it's uh just about i guess ham so yeah you're throwing Uh, stuff on the wall seeing what sticks later this episode uh, later this season we'll see uh kel's true uh nature show itself (laughs) um really quick what i loved about this room scene you know where they're in keenan's room and then they they pan out to the visions um i just i really enjoyed how keenan um keenan especially but kel too are laughing through their whole every scene um you know it's what there's the things they're saying and 
Keenan is so exaggerated. Everything Keenan says, you know, everything Keenan says is an exaggeration um, and it, with an exclamation point. And it, they're just like laughing because it's really funny. And, and they're really enjoying the show. They're like enjoying yeah. making it. Their, their chemistry is really apparent. And that was in the last episode, too, when they have that scene on the couch pretending to be in a car. Yeah. Like, just when they're just, like, messing, fooling around with each other, it's it's real entertaining. Yeah. I mean, and, and it seems like they're really friends, which, mm-hmm. yeah, at this time, I'm pretty sure they were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 they've uh, gone through, like, the ringer over the past 20 years yep. or so. But That's a long I think time. They're, they're friends again, producing stuff together. Oh, good. Good. Uh, yeah. So. This was the uh, original Key and Peel. <laughs> yeah <laughs> key nin and kel yep and- <laughs> yep exactly okay uh so they have a, a press conference with way too many reporters <laughs> for a kid and another kid uh telling a story about their uh what they've encountered uh keenan has made up a bunch of symptoms that he has uh do you know it do you recall any of them post tuna stress disorder <laughs> yep PTSD, as most people know it. Yep. Uh, nightmares, uh, j- jitters, heebie-jeebies. Heebie-jeebies. What what I love about um about this scene is how sympathetic the reporters are. They really they really care. They care des- like deeply about this boy's trauma. <laughs> they go through a whole arc too. Their first question is like, "Isn't that a lot of money?" And this, their last question is, "You should like do twenty million. You should do more money. <laughs> you should sue them for." M- well, I just love how people throw around the the notion of suing somebody. Like they're just throwing it around. Like, oh yeah, I'll sue you for ten million dollars. Yeah, that'll be easy. Sure. Uh, so uh, next. Wait, wait, wait! Uh, before I- we go. Yes. In this scene, first off, it's at Rigby's, and Keenan's sitting on the counter, and Keenan has a microphone. Mm-hmm. Why he has a microphone <laughs> is a good question. <laughs> because it's a press conference, and you need a, you need a microphone for, for a press conference. Um, yeah, but also the also um, I wonder how I wonder if this scene would have flown today, because because Keenan's basically making up mental illnesses, <laughs> which. <laughs> Yeah, I was. It's really a uh, a really defendable case in yeah. court. Like uh, the defense doesn't have to do anything; they just have to be like, uh, "So uh, the plaintiff is clearly making up things." <laughs> like, like all he needs to do is one like sanity ch- test or something, whatever they have to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, but just like yeah, exactly. But the the social notion is they're kind of just like, uh, you know, PTSD joke, joke, joke. Today, like that would that would not fly in a TV show. They'd have to be it's, like, oh, it's two fifteen-year-olds that yeah, could have just made I, this up on their own. I know, it's funny though. <laughs> Anyways, we can go on to the next scene. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, sure. Uh, Chris gets a call uh, uh, later from Rigby's uh, about a a cash settlement from Luna Tuna, <laughs> which they uh, <laughs> promptly go to their office. And I I love the de- decor in this office. I love the office. I love I love yeah. I love that they walked in by themselves. <laughs> like, well they've got like a they've got like a ship statue in the back, all these like fish on the walls, and like a bust of Poseidon, I think. <laughs> Just because they're like, Yeah, it's tuna, so we we live through this. It's not a not, it's also a company that, that doesn't make anything else. They just make tuna. Just apparently. tuna. No other yeah, no other products. Um also interesting are the the, the clocks of different time zones on the wall. 
It's the show that Luna Tuna spans the globe. So yes. in, in a way, they're concerned about their reputation globally. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, there's that global piece. Um, but yeah, the, the clocks are definitely from Walmart, which is also funny. <laughs> I think actually all the decor was probably from Walmart. The busts and stuff. Yeah, they just go into the fishing aisle. Yep. Because uh, that's what they have in the fishing aisle. Poseidon bust. Uh, so the the president, uh, after hearing uh, Keenan's plea, uh, makes him several offers, which Keenan continuously denies. Uh, the first being a lifetime supply of tuna. Quite the deal to pass up. Yeah, actually, I think, and Keenan makes a pretty good point about that. He says <laughs> a lifetime of screws worth the the choke off. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Of all the things I would want, more tuna is not the answer. Exactly. Good job, Even Keenan. If he's, yeah, even if he's making up his symptoms. <laughs> Can we even uh, call him symptoms? <laughs> right. He was faking the whole thing. He goes, I am damaged. <laughs> Not quite. Uh, so uh, uh, next day offers $1,000, uh, followed by 5000 and finally $1 million, uh, including a uh, lifetime supply. I, I am at a loss for words. Because the jump, so, the jump from five thousand to one million, it seems and, <laughs> just it seems too unrealistic for this show. <laughs> and not to get conspiratorial about it, but he had like the check ready to go. Like he knew, <laughs> like five thousand was like a pretty low ball. He had this consultant come over and like they sorted it out. So, uh, so my, my question to you, uh, and this is not my question of my own, a uh, big orange couch, the '90s Nickelodeon podcast. <laughs> I covered this episode, and they uh, they had a pretty good bit, which I, I want to replicate here. At what offer would would you take? <laughs> would would you have accepted one thousand dollars if this was your case? No, actually, I, I was thinking about that. I would not have accepted one thousand. That is five that, five thousand though. Um, I would have if if it got to five thousand, I would have had my eyes set on fifteen thousand, and then tried to get up around ten or eight. Yeah. Uh, so that sounds a little more reasonable. Yeah. I I, pro- I would not go anywhere over like fifty thousand. No, let that's, alone. No, I mean, I mean, maybe throw it out. Maybe be. I think you know. First off, Keenan and Kel are not expert negotiators, but you know, it might have helped their case to say, not to say ten million, but once once an actual offer is placed on the table, to say oh, fifty thousand, because then they would mm. they would have to go up a little bit. That's yeah, no, yeah. but Keenan has his eye on that 10K, 10M. 10 million. 10 mils, which, and yeah, 1 million, even though it's like a fifth of of, of um, his lawyer's lowball. Yeah, yeah, 1 million. Yeah. Well, I don't, uh, he, he said no. What, what the best thing about this scene um, is definitely when... <laughs> When Keenan and Kel are, and maybe you can put this clip in, when they are, um, like, saying how they know their rights, <laughs> and they're, psh, 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 and, then, and, and then Kel, Kel says yes. the, the best line, I know my constipation. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good, yes. So maybe we'll throw that in. Because of you, I am now paranoid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am traumatized. Well, and fishophobic. Right. Now, I demand $10 million. Now, what you got to say about that? That's right. <laughs> That's my man throwing down. That's know right. what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> I know my bill of left. I know my constipation. That's right. Hey, hey, I ain't going nowhere. Hey, nowhere. What? 
but yeah, no, then they get thrown out, and um, immediately, yeah, we'll see you in court. Uh, which we don't see them. We go back to Keenan's room for a scene. Yeah. Thank goodness, uh, uh, because if court was the same day, uh, <laughs> that'd be a little too much to bear. Yeah, uh, so in Keenan's room, uh, he has set up a, a jury of stuffed animals, which um, Kel keeps commenting on the location of the, the monkey. Uh, which uh, Keenan slams him in the drawer and Kel's like, that's a jury tampering, which I, li- I like a lot. <laughs> it was yeah, very clever joke. Because it, like, it, up until this point, you don't actually think that Kel knows anything about the world and how it works. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, yeah. it brings up jury tampering. It's like, oh, that's a, that's a real, you know. <laughs> After a, a very long night of practicing Kel's speech, uh, they... Uh, have gone through the entire um, defense, essentially. Uh, had several pizzas and bags of popcorn just, like, destroyed <laughs> behind them. I thought, I, mean, I thought the pizza was funny because, like, no pizza's fully eaten. Yeah, they got two pizzas and they ate some of each. They have, like, two and each. a half pizzas <laughs> there between three boxes. <laughs> this, uh, this is actually, this is a great Kel scene. Mm-hmm. Right, so so Keenan is questioning Kel. You know they're practicing for uh, when Kel is witnessing on the jury, or on, not on the jury when Kel's witnessing. You know before the jury, and Kel is just nailing this scene. He, uh, um, Keenan keeps asking him questions, and he he's clearly recited them for hours now, and it's not to my knowledge. <laughs> and yeah, it's just spot on, Kel. It's uh, it's like where it's the first time we actually see. I don't know. And I think they yeah. would, like, d- d- regardless of their made-up ailments, I think that would be a pretty good and powerful uh, thing if it made it to courts. Yeah, definitely. Not the case. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the next scene, uh, we are finally sl- uh, hammered, gaveled down in court. And I, uh, not the volcanic climax, uh, but I think the whole court scene is, is, is really funny. <laughs> like all yeah. their little uh, comments and jokes earlier, um, the the judge calls for the plaintiff, and <laughs> Keenan um, is like, "Where you think the plaintiff would be here on time?" <laughs> and, Looks at his name, the name plate, and he's like, "Ooh!" <laughs> he's very surprised. And then he says, <laughs> "He goes, I, Keenan Rockmore, the plaintiff." <laughs> <laughs> Winks at the judge. <laughs> Um, really, uh, before we get into it, the, we were talking about transitions a little bit. The transition to this scene is, is pretty cool because the, um, like the judge's desk falls from like, from the top of the screen and then like Keenan's desk comes in from the side. I'm like, wow, nice job, Nickelodeon. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Neat stuff with it. Keenan makes his defense. Uh, (laughs) the bailiff exhibits his, uh, can of tuna his uh screw and uh, he calls kel to the uh scene <laughs> and of uh, like the first a bit the biggest laugh so far of mine is that he uh uh the bailiff t- uh, has him raise his hand <laughs> do you swear to tell the truth the whole truth nothing but the truth and he gives him a high five <laughs> <laughs> and this is after the bailiff, like you know, was he was following Kel up to the stage, and Kel was like, "Why are you following me?" And then, <laughs> "Why follow me, man? Why follow uh, me?" Yeah, and then and then he gives him a high five. Yes, classic Kel. Um, w- well done there. Uh, so Keenan begins to uh, to start their practice routine, 
and Kel immediately <laughs> breaks down. <laughs> Doesn't get through one question. Starts crying. <laughs> and uh, I, I have to put the whole clip in because it, it's incredible. It, yes, yes. And um, what what is the what is the phrase that he says over and over? I dropped the screw in the tuna. Would you care to tell the court in your own words what happened on the morning of October the 6th? <laughs> I did it! I did it, Katie! I'm sorry, man! I did it! It was an accident! I didn't mean it! I dropped the screw in the tuna! <laughs> Drop the screw in the tuna. It was me. All the humanity. Oh, 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 crazy. I dropped the screw in the tuna. I dropped the screw in the tuna. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. Don't take me to jail, man. Don't take me to jail. And the truth comes out, and the truth yep. is revealed. Uh, uh, I counted nine times that he, he yells it. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it's a lot. Uh, the uh, tuna companies shares a mischievous grin <laughs> with each other, and he ba starts bouncing off the courtroom. <laughs> he uh, eats the whole scene. Uh, he climbs over into the judges box yep. like shouts into the microphone pleads with the bailiff don't take me to jail and he does this i remember seeing this as a kid and just i i it's so weird what he does with like his feet and his sneakers yeah he like inverts his feet and like his knees come together and his feet are out like really far apart he's like <laughs> struggling to stand he, like can't stand up he's so weak with the I've truth i've never seen anyone like ever do that for comedy or <laughs> yeah, any purpose he just invented it like it was it was brilliant yeah. really and he's just on his knees uh in front of keen and saying we're still boys right <laughs> i love you man what what's great about this scene is that it's it takes place in court and in every court there is a scribe who is writing down every, everything that happens and so there's this this woman and she she has like a, a tiny typewriter it's not even not a computer it's not even a big type it's a tiny typewriter and she's typing up everything that's happening <laughs> And I'd so, love to see that and, and like she, in writing. And she <laughs> and she's just kinda like looking around and she still has to keep typing by law. So <laughs> she's just typing you know, um yeah. witness yells, there's, I drop the screw in the tuna. <laughs> there's cameras in the back and yeah, Keenan uh, look this whole scene, he looks like he's just like um engorged with laughter, just trying to hold back. Yeah, yeah. He's wearing a suit with basketball shoes. <laughs> yeah, both of them have their basketball shoes on. And Kel also has a backwards hat on, of course. 
Yeah. Uh, his signature backwards hat. Yes. Or signature hat, I should say. And uh, yeah, Keenan, <laughs> rest the defense. <laughs> and we that, that's the end of the episode. Uh, but until we go to the curtains, uh, Keenan admits that plan didn't work out, but all he needs to do is find another screw. And Cal has, he has Cal on the case, who has gone through dozens of cans of tuna looking for a screw. Yeah, and there's a giant pile of tuna that Cal is dumping the cans into. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be, put a damper on the scene, but there's way more tuna than there are cans. <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, I'd say, equally cartoony to the pile of cereal yeah. in the last oh, episode. Yeah, 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 definitely. Like, if they had to, you know, take that pile of cereal and make it a pile of tuna, it was pretty... Uh, they probably just have, like, a pile, and then they put stuff on top of it. Like, a giant... They have a giant paper mache <laughs> they, like, blob. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lump that they just dress yeah. up with other stuff. Yeah, that's probably what it is. The past two episodes, they used it. Yep, and yeah, that, that, that's the episode. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was a, it was, it's, it's a really good time. I gotta say, I would agree. I, that was, uh, that was, I would say, uh, leaps and bounds ahead of episode number one. Very uh, laser focused. Yeah, yeah. They, they knew the situation. They, they knew like what they're getting into, and the whole episode's about it. And they were able to have a lot of fun within the um like the confines of the episode within the plot they were able to like show themselves more and they were able to have more funny conversations and do funnier things because yeah. because it was more narrow scene for scene it, it's uh, uh you know everyone's having a great time uh so i, I we proposed this last episode and i, I want to keep it going um <laughs> keenan was clearly at fault <laughs> for the the previous episode whose fault do you think it is this this week um it's Cal's fault, of course. Mm-hmm. So I, my, my answer is both, <laughs> because, uh, and and this is kind of uh, going against the traditional formula of what the uh, defines later episodes. I would call it um, Keenan gets them into a situation, and Cal makes it worse. Or this is the opposite. Cal <laughs> gets them into a situation, and Keenan makes it worse Much because worse. <laughs> it's Keenan's idea to sue. It's Keenan who gets a very uh, gets his eye set on that like hundred million, ten million dollar prize. And several, I noted several times throughout the episode where Cal's like, Keenan, I gotta tell you something. He's like, No, I gotta send out this letter. No, I'm busy. Uh, yeah. Uh, or um, in the when when they offer him one million dollars, Cal is begging Keenan. Yeah. He's like, Keenan, you gotta you gotta take it. You gotta take it. He doesn't. At, at no point does he pull Keenan aside and say, Hey, I really have to say something to you. Of course, that would yeah. that would not be as funny. But and yeah, it's the uh, I'd call that the stupidity of Cal this episode. Yep. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. He he digs a grave, and they both just keep digging it deeper and deeper. Like it goes to court. It goes to court before a jury. Everybody has to get paid. Uh, Keenan thinks there's no cost because he doesn't have a lawyer. Well, and honestly, uh, Cal Cal does. He's a good friend in this episode because, like, even after Keenan immediately turns down the one million dollars that he was just begging for, he has Keenan's back. And yeah. he's, he's like his he's like his I, wingman. I, that's... I know my constipation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I'm I'm counting the I'm calling it uh, if you agree with me both their faults in this one. Uh, you know I could see that I could definitely see that for sure. Because yeah, Keenan could have easily settled this, and they'd have a million dollars. One million? Could you imagine the nature of the show if those two got um, one million dollars? Yeah, <laughs> it, it, with uh, inflation, <laughs> probably uh, one point six, right? 
Uh, yep. Uh, uh, 1.65. And the same thing for the uh, wow. 10, 10 million. So it's a butt ton of money. A lot of money. And yeah, maybe he doesn't get the speaker system and he could still do all the fun stuff that he wanted. <laughs> give give away hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Just instantly, instantly to his friends. So yeah, looking at uh, uh, what Keenan Kel oh Rigby's very little this episode. Yeah, you know you could say oh uh, they got into a situation where they then they lost legal fees and uh, but nothing was specified, so I'm not counting it. Yeah, there wasn't much damage to Rigby's. Just two bottles of orange soda that they, they pilfered off Chris. Not much. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think he's still in the red to them from all those uh, comics that he, sni- <laughs> that he scratched and sniffed <laughs> last time. Can't forget. Yep. And uh, Keenan's probably still grounded. <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> uh, if he, he was grounded, I don't know how he made his way to, you know, the Luna Tuna office. But, you know, that's a question for another day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, and that's uh, pretty much all I... Oh, uh, just that Aunt Bertha has recovered from p- pneumonia and ha- <laughs> <laughs> and probably had her allergic reaction to pistachio nuts. I I hope that we hear more from her <laughs> as time goes on. So, Adam, what would you rate this episode? Uh, I was... So, I was pretty torn because I don't want to give the second episode, like, a 10, even though it kind of deserves it. <laughs> It's pretty through the roof, amazing, really good, and I I want to say that I might come back and <laughs> revisit my score here, but I, I want to give it a 9 out of 10, just because everything's still in its infancy. Uh, Kel has a very explosive finale, but throughout most of the episode, he's kind of, he's a little qu- on the quieter side, he's kind of Keenan's backup guy. I think a good episode has a little more dynamic between them, so 9 out of 10 bottles of orange soda <laughs> i would give it eight out of ten bottles of orange soda because i don't like to go too high too soon um mm. but you're right it does set a good a good precedent and a good standard for future episodes um it, it's, it, it, it's it, an amazing first episode yeah yeah no it's or like second se- you know. second ep- yeah it's um it's really well done i i think you're right about cal i think um there is more room for like character development still. And, you know, there was a lot of funny, like I laughed a lot watching the episode. Um, but there's still like that, that little thing. It's like the episode was kind of too unrealistic, but (laughs) you know, of course it's going to be, but I don't know. So, so there's room, there's still room. So I I give, I give it eight. I I know later episodes we see more from Chris. Uh, we, we see, um, uh, Kel and, and Kim's, dad's dynamic gets more intense and uh yeah so i i like i think it's yeah nine is uh is is what it's on my board so all right i think that i think that that about wraps it wraps it up here unless you have any other notes no i think that was i think that was it um that, that episode was a lot of fun i'm glad uh, i'm glad i got to rewatch it and i was laughing a lot so um i hope all the listeners give it a shot and go uh go find it somewhere yeah and thank you for giving us a shot uh, you can find our Twiddle handle, uh, KK and AA, <laughs> uh, to see postings about this show. We haven't changed it yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. Uh, let's see. And uh, next time, uh, get ready for our follow. Do you know the name of the follow-up episode? The uh, the next episode is called "Doing Things the Hemingway." Yes, which is a very elaborate title. <laughs> it says a lot. The story is right there. 
very literate <laughs> yes. of them. Absolutely. So, all right. Uh, uh, join us next time as we do things the Hemingway. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. All right. Aw, oh, here it goes. Aw, oh, here it goes. I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Keenan and Kel with Adam and Aaron. If you want to stay in touch, send us an email at KeenanKelPodcast at gmail.com. Or you can send us a voice message at anchor.fm slash KeenanKelPodcast. Our social media accounts are all at KeenanKelPodcast. That's Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.